0: following program is an episode of Empower Hour by Action for Canada featuring Dr. Anne Gillies. The title of this program is called The Ultimate Deception, Gender Affirming Care with Tanya Gaw and Dr. Anne Gillies. If you want to watch the video for this program, please go to restoringthemosaic.ca slash podcasts and select this episode. What do you do as a parent when your doctor says, do you want a live son or a dead daughter? How do we deal with this kind of blackmailing technique? Because that's what it is. Because statistically, this is not the truth. It is not the truth that if you do not affirm your child, even though that there is lots of media reporting on this and there are... A journal article, scientific journal articles that actually say, yes, if you don't transition your child, they're going to kill themselves. Any attempt at suicide is serious. I'm not trying to suggest it isn't, but what you do if your child's suicidal is you get them to the hospital and then you get counseling for them. You don't transition them.
1: We are so grateful to have Dr. Anne Gillies joining us on tonight's Empower Hour. Anne is trained jointly in professional counseling and theology. She retired from private practice after 25 years of clinical counseling, primarily helping those who struggled with complex traumatic stress. Her research focuses on child and adult attachment, trauma, same-sex attraction, gender dysphoria and the current transgender phenomenon she's an ordained pastor an international speaker the author of several books and the founder of restoring the mosaic a ministry which seeks to educate and inform politicians community leaders and pastors across canada and welcome we are so thrilled you can join us once again on the empower hour
0: So good to be back with you and what a great intro and I really appreciate what Tanya had to say about truth because that is just so, so much the foundation of everything we are doing in these days and I like to say that it is loving and kind to tell the truth and so that's what we're going to be doing tonight is telling the truth about the harms of gender affirmation.
2: Yeah, this is so right. Uh, thank you, Heather. I just want to give a shout out to Heather. I missed her last week. She couldn't be here. Tonight there was a power outage, but she came. But uh, Heather, we appreciate you and just thank you so much for the work that you do with Action for Canada. Um And so good to have you on. You know, as as we're talking about this being purveyors of truth, you know, I look at it, you know, we hear that analogy, you know, that there's this busload of kids and it's coming down this road and it's going to go around a curve and the bridge is out. What would you do? Would you Would you just kind of wave as they went by or would you be standing in the middle of the road waving your arms right and uh, we're standing in the middle of the road you and i've been at this pre-covid uh i've been at it since 2017 i think you've been at it maybe longer than me i don't know and uh, we've been standing in the middle of the road waving our arms and uh, i'm just very grateful for the work that you're doing and i'm looking forward to your presentation tonight
0: Thank you. Yes. Yeah, we have been at a long time I'm getting a lot <laughs> tired. We need a younger generation to kind of start stepping up, but nevertheless, here we are. So it's all good.
2: <laughs> it is. Well, I'm really happy to see that so many Canadians are finally catching on. It, you can no longer ignore it anymore, right? It's, it's just invaded all of society, uh, television, the media, the news, the government. And, uh, so they've done us a gift by doing that because now more Canadians understand the battle that we're in and, uh, that they can no longer be silent. So anyways, I'm going to give you the floor and look forward to the presentation tonight.
0: That's great. Thanks, Tanya. Okay, so I'm just going to share my screen here and we're going to go through this presentation. I'm going to go fairly quickly... And uh, let me just get this uh, slideshow on. There we are. So, yes, talking about the ultimate deception, because this really is the ultimate deception in medical practice and uh, in just the way of treating children overall, both socially in the education system and then medically. As we go along, we're going to find out more. So what do you do as a parent when your doctor says, do you want a live son or a dead daughter? And um, you've probably heard this before, maybe even on this show, Where we've talked about how do we, how do we deal with this kind of blackmailing technique? Because that's what it is. Because statistically, this is not the truth. It is not the truth that if you do not affirm your child, even though that there is lots of media reporting on this and there are a journal article, scientific journal articles that actually say, yes, if you don't transition your child, they're going to kill themselves. But you know, in Tavistock, the reality in Tavistock is the largest uh, gender clinic and the, um, actually the first gender clinic in the world. And, uh, it was in the UK. It's now closed, but out of their, um, children that they actually transitioned, uh, there is only 0.03 um or no no uh, sorry i'm giving you a percent there were three children out of the children that they transitioned that attempted suicide now any any attempted suicide is serious i'm not trying to suggest it isn't but what you do if your child's suicidal is you get them to the hospital and then you get counseling for them you don't transition them so okay let's keep going here because we could stay on that all night many of you will remember wallace wong i'm just going to mention him again because. In BC, he's pretty famous for transitioning children. And there was a recording, uh, several years ago where he was recommending that young people, young adults, young, young uh, teens actually, uh, threaten suicide if their parents did not agree with their, uh, decision to transition. And this is, these are the words he said. What you need is, you know what? Pull a stunt. So he's telling children to pull a stunt and suicide every time. Then they'll give you what you need, and it's got nothing to do with needs. It's what they want, and why would we um, respect any psychologist that is trying to manipulate children against their parents? But obviously, he gets away with it. Let's talk a little bit more uh, about the prevalence of gender dysphoria. In 2016, fewer than 1 in 10,000 males, adult males and 1 in 30,000 adult females Had experienced gender dysphoria. That's 2016. And then, as of, uh, 2022, I think it was, natal girls, so that's females, now compromised 50 to 90% of the clinical adolescent samples. And, you know, here's this, I've shown this many, many times, but the whole social contagion that's happened with this issue of gender dysphoria and those who are coming into the clinics, coming into the hospitals and being diagnosed very quickly, half an hour later, they're put on puberty blockers. Um, that has happened and is still continuing to happen children are self diagnosing t- teachers are diagnosing and people who have no right to diagnose themselves right and then the doctors are going along with their uh, the child's understanding of who they are instead of reality so some data here in 2014 cross sex prevalence rate in the us was 0.6% and in between 20 and 21 The number of children age six, so this is six. These are grade one students, six to 17 diagnosed with gender dysphoria, had increased by 70%. 70%. This is just incredible, and it isn't slowing down. So we have to keep pushing forward and bring truth to parents. In 2021, as many as one in 100 children And adolescents now identify as trans. This is a phenomenon. This is social contagion. This is the whole, um, uh, social media influence in our children's lives. But there's some pretty disastrous results from transitioning children. Comorbidities. So that is uh, the things, um, the other Results happening as a result of the puberty blockers and hormones, but these children are like many other children who have other forms of psychological distress they um they present in uh kind of a multiple interacting risk uh factors, so there's all kinds of other things going on in these children's lives, so family dysfunction they have insecure or disorgani Disorganized attachment. So there's already some parental child detachment that's happened for one reason or another. Unresolved loss or trauma, which can come from a, you know, serious car accident, a death in a family. This isn't about blaming anyone. This is about looking at the realities and the things that happen that can predispose a child to believing that they are born in the wrong body. I mean, all those other things plus the education system, which is just um, just actually just totally changing the brains of our children, so lots of things can can also be coinciding with their idea that they 're in the wrong body, so they have preexisting mental health concerns, and the majority of these children so it up until about twenty actually twenty twenty three the The perspective was that there was about 30% of these children who were on the autism spectrum. In 2023, a report came out that said that the majority of these children have an existing diagnosis on the autism spectrum. And if they aren't already diagnosed, many will be diagnosed. So these are the most vulnerable of our children, because they have some social anxiety, a lot of social anxiety to start with. And they have perhaps some cognitive disabilities. And so preying on these children is absolute abuse. These children as well, and the ones who are gender dysphoric, have histories of self-harming so cutting often a suicidal ideation it's not that they don't think of suicide they do but we have to look at what are the roots that actually predispose the gender dysphoria that uh, and most often that's trauma symptoms of distress are common with these children adhd behavioral uh problems and conduct problems so we have all of those things that are pre-existing, and then the child decides that they're gender dysphoric, and our uh, medical associations do not, do not treat the pre-existing issues. They just go right to this child is gender dysphoric, they're transitioning, we need to transition them, which is medical abuse. So there is a two- to three-fold increase of risk of psychiatric disorders this is after transitioning. Depression, anxiety, and self-harm. In 2020, a pediatric study declared that those who received puberty blockers, so here's this 10-year-old in Manitoba that you talked on, Tanya, um, The puberty blockers were twice as likely to have a, um, a suicide attempt resulting in inpatient care. Sorry, I said that wrong, but these children who were on puberty blockers, were twice as likely to have a suicidal ideation that, that actually put them in the hospital. And this is diabolical. Why would we give such a drug that we know is causing suicidal ideation? And we know depressa, depression medication can sometimes do that. We, we talk about that. Doctors are very cognizant of that. They watch for those kind of things. Um, but we're not paying attention. To what's happening with our children, and contrary to the cultural narrative, the Hayes Directory reports that the studies show the prevalence of suicide attempts was not affected by hormone therapy. It did not decrease, is what they're saying. Even though we have some scientific journals that are saying yes, yes, put them on uh, puberty blockers and hormones, and they will get better. That is not the truth. That is not true science because what is really the truth is about the opposite. So Andrea Long Chu um, is a man who identifies as a transgender woman. He has identified for quite a while. He is a journalist in New York. Uh, but he d- debunked the assertion that hormones reduce suicidality. Uh, and when he stated, I was not suicidal before hom- hormones, Now I often am. It it didn't change the trajectory of his life. He still chose to remain on the hormones, which to me kind of speaks of something, you know, a whole different issue. But the reality is he spoke some truth that before transitioning, he had not experienced suicidal ideation. And it wasn't until after he went on the hormones that he did. So pay attention, parents. This is why we have to speak truth to our children. We have to give them the facts. So an Australian report, it, this goes along with the pre-existing mental health uh, conditions that we've seen in Canada, excuse me, that um, these children have a family conflict, so 65%. They Parental mental illness is at 63%. So we have a family constellation often that is unhealthy in one way or another. So perhaps mom's depressed. Or, uh, or dad has a lot of anxiety. You know, there's all kinds of issues and we are living in a culture of depression and anxiety. We have this huge mental illness, especially after COVID. People have not come out of that, that despair. That has happened. And so that is really affecting children. Um, lots of important figures, be it a separation, divorce, those kind of things. So it's the same thing for these children in uh, Australia, bullying and a history of maltreatment. So childhood, adverse child effects and trauma um, is also reported there. So here's what the American Journal of Psychiatry says. And I think this is really important. It's not published uh, out in the media Because it would, it would drastically change the narrative, but they said there's no evidence that hormones or surgery help gender incongruent patients. And yet look what Manitoba is doing to a 10 year old boy. Canadian, the Canadian governments have not desisted with this, even though they have been told over and over and we've reported on this and we've, we have um, reported to politicians and we have done all kinds of uh, trying to um, get this into their hands. They have the actual scientific studies. They are not listening by and large. Now, I will say we are seeing some things happen. Thank God uh, that Scott Moe is listening and uh, Premier Higgs. And hopefully there will be more and more listen as more and more, unfortunately, um, adults who are have uh, transitioned come to the place of saying, what a mess I've made in my life. And it's so sad to see that they had to go through all that. And before people would start listening and more people need to start listening, especially the doctors. So <clears throat> affirming parents. What that means is parents who say to their child, so Joy comes home and says, mommy, I am really Sally and I want you to help me become Sally. And that means you have to tell everybody that I'm Sally and I'm going to wear a dress and I'm going to grow my hair and, you know, the whole story. And, you know, the mandate by our government is that parents must collude with the child. Well, what you're doing is colluding with a delusion because this child can no more be the opposite sex than you and I can be the opposite sex. No one can change their sex. Gender is a whole other issue. It's not, it's about the way you feel, which makes it easier, of course, for the narrative to succeed. But if we stay to, there are only two sexes, that makes a difference. You cannot be the opposite sex and parents have every right to tell their child the truth and they must tell their child the truth because if they don't, it may just come back to bite them later because what 25 year old that suddenly wakes up is going to say to a parent or their doctor or those who have been pushing them into this, their teachers, what are they going to say? Why did you lie to me? Why didn't you tell me the truth of what could happen to me? So affirming a child's misguided sense of self runs the risk of neglecting the serious mental health issues that are already there. Um, and so we are doing such a great disservice to the child. I'll just try and be quick through these here. Medical transitioning. So I just uh, mentioned this before, but we're going to just talk a little bit some about some of the ramifications. Puberty suppression. So it is relatively new. It only started in, in the t- early 2000s with uh, Dutch clinicians who who. Um, began to experiment with it. And now there's several different ways to um, suppress it. They can do it through injections. But Sprelin-LA is actually a surgically implanted uh, way of uh, introducing puberty blockers through, you know, under the skin. And it suppresses the puberty of the child for one year. So it was developed for a whole other other reason. It was developed for precocious uh, puberty, which is a medical diagnosis. So a seven or eight year old child who starts um, going through puberty very young, then there was a way of of suppressing it for a year or two. And then they would take them off as soon as uh, they knew that the child was their body was going to um, slow down a little bit. Um, So what puberty blockers were meant for is not what they're being used for, of course. The cost per year for this um, implant is about uh, $45,000. This is incredible. And as far as I know, your taxpayer dollars are paying for these children to harm themselves. Puberty suppression, um, we have to take into account the uh, psychiatric symptoms that worsen. And, and parents were already having struggles. I mean, parents have been traumatized. They have been maligned. They have been ostracized from their friends. If they dare speak out and tell truth, uh, to their child, um, but you know, they're living with this child who once they go on puberty blockers are more erratic. They are more irritable. They, the anger is just you know, pouring out of them, they're aggressive to their siblings and to others, that uh, all of those things are happening. Doctors are supposed to monitor increases in these symptoms. I don't know if that's happening or not, but I can tell you right now that Planned Parenthood is now um prescribing puberty blockers and hormones, and they do not have medical follow-up. They don't have doctors there that are following up on these children. So it's just putting them on that conveyor belt. That was a really good uh graphic that you had, Tanya, on the conveyor belt because that is exactly what we are doing to these children. Desistence we know is common. Um, the endocrine society guidelines admit that a large majority, about 85%, but it's even up to 97% in some of uh, some boys. Uh, do not remain gender dysphoric by the time they enter puberty. they will outgrow it, and yet look what we're doing that's they'll outgrow it if they aren't medicalized. One of this is really one of the greatest scandals in medical history. It is going to show itself over the next few years as that after a year then on puberty blockers, this is the saddest thing. And that is not being told to parents and children. Children reported more, greater self-harm, more behavioral and emotional problems for girls because they're more more emotional and emotionally connected in that sense to start with, and greater dissatisfaction with their body. I mean, as though it wasn't bad enough, now they're worse, and yet we just keep putting the drugs into them. These block puberty blockers actually exacerbated gender dysphoria. It made it worse. Made it worse. Then we look at the long-term effects that increase the risk of osteoporosis and repeated fractures later in life. And when I say later in life, in the early 20s, early 30s, this is like aging the body. And the bones and bone mineral density and growth, um, everything is slowed when you don't go through puberty. There's no there's no growth spurt that that should be happening normally. So children don't get that. So their bones are not growing like normal children would if they were not on these drugs. And so the other thing about that is during puberty. We know that cognitively the brain does a recalibration. It's almost like, and anyone who has had teenagers will maybe chuckle at this, but you know, a 13 year old brain is very much like a two year old brain. They're learning all kinds of new things. They're so thinking outside the box and, you know, gone is the black and white kind of, uh, thinking that they've had throughout their childhood, but puberty suppression then doesn't allow that recalibration and all of this new neuron firing in the brain. So that's a real problem. And will that lower a child's cognition? Well, it probably is likely. So here we have these children who stop their puberty, go on to hormones, and then get to the 18, 19, 20. And there's all kinds of cognitive deficits as well. This is horrendous. Talk about child abuse on every level. Cross sex hormone therapy is, is just absolutely uh, an oxymoron. You can't change your sex. You can never ever change your sex. So giving these children and adolescents therapy to try to do so is, is outrageous. So let me just con- um, do some um, things on the complications from testosterone because it, doesn't get better, unfortunately. Um, So as the child becomes an adolescent, then more heart attacks and strokes, uh, that's increased liver dysfunction, breast and uterine cancer. This is for males and um, uh, this is for females, sorry, who um, try to become male. Hypertension, Diabetes 2, liver cancer, and severe acne. As though girls aren't already upset enough about acne, then we pump them through full of hormones that will increase that. No wonder they're more discouraged with their body. You know, this is just ludicrous. Women on testosterone. So, and you can see, you know, how it changes. You know, this is the uh, pre-testosterone girl. With the dark hair the red hair red hair and 10 months later doesn't she look like a he like this stuff is making the child look the opposite sex but these women on testosterone have four times as many heart attacks this is scandalous absolutely scandalous and it's so sad um because they can change their outward sex characteristics. They can change the way they look, but they can't change their sex. Complications for men. Estrogen in males increases the rate of deep vein blood clots and strokes three to five times. And here's the caveat. After eight years on estrogen, blood clots increased by 16 times. This, this is just the news just gets worse and worse and worse. And I hadn't said this, but there's a QR code at the end of this presentation that has all of the references, the scientific research that I'm quoting. So this isn't just off the top of my head. This is research that very vi- vi- viable and verifiable research. So, and it's, it's just awful. <laughs> Incidence of breast cancer for men who now become women is 46 times higher than non-transitioning males, 46 times. Who's telling these children? Who's telling them? The doctors aren't. They aren't sharing the risks. Estrogen in male to female can cause increased weight gain and is no insulin resistance. So if the, this individual, the child, uh, listens, is diabetic, this is a problem, another problem. Cross-sex hormones, um, of course, normal sexual functioning is compromised. It will either be impaired or totally absent. And in the female, the cross-sex hormones causes a menopausal state. So these individuals, these children and adolescents, will be infertile. They, no matter what they are being told, and of course they are told. Go on puberty blockers. It'll just suppress puberty. And then when you want to go back, uh, if you decide you just, it, it's just a pause and wait and see, you know, we can just take you off. Um, and you can just go back to being, being the sex that you were born in. Not so, not so. Number one, your vocal cords are totally changed. And many of you who have listened to some detransitioners immediately. We'll see that for, for young women who have male voices. But more than that, infertility is guaranteed if they continue on from puberty blockers to hormone therapy. Cross-sex hormones, then, um, this is uh, the NICE report, evidence review from the UK. And what they're saying is any potential benefits, any benefits of gender-affirming hormones has to be weighed against the largely unknown Long-term safety profile. They don't have a long-term safety profile because there have been no long-term studies of these treatments of children and adolescents with gender dysphoria because this is experimental medication and it is experimental surgery. As Tanya was saying initially, it's horrific surgery. We'll get to that in just a a second. So the child is going to be a patient for their entire life. They must stay on hormones um, in order to if they want to continue um, attempting to be the other sex, if they go off hormones, guess what their um, masculine or feminine characteristics that they were born with will begin to become evident again now they're not going to grow new breasts like some teens uh in one group a teen, group of fourteen year olds had decided who had had their breasts removed said it's okay we can just they 'll just grow back. Okay, who is teaching these children such things? This is ludicrous. But um but if they go off the hormones, then they're you know for men they're uh you know hair will grow back, there's different things that will grow back. Um and so it's a very it's a whole sad situation, the whole thing. If your child starts puberty blockers though, um at the earliest stages, so a ten year old, um then they're never going to have children, as I said before. So a 2011 study in Sweden followed more than 300 uh, transgender children patients for 30 years. That's the longest study we've had. And this is the saddest news, that after 10 years, 10 years after, 10 years post-surgery, the suicide rates were nearly 20 times that of the general population, actually, the suicide rates intensified ten years after surgery and I think that 's because uh, sometimes after surgery what what they found is there is like a honeymoon period where the individual feels like, wow, this is really good. Look at it. I look more like a person. That's if they don't have serious complications. Many times they have serious complications and the surgeries have to be redone. Um, there's all kinds of horror stories out there. But 10 years later, um, they come to this place, I think, emotionally and facing reality. And they're saying, look what I've done. And, and look, that that they realize that they can never be what they thought they could be. And so the reality hits hits really hard. And so who's taking care of these these individuals? Given the high desistance rates, which I talked about, and even up to ninety seven percent in some cases, <clears throat> along with the continuing mental health risk that we've talked about, and unknown physical complications, because we don't really even know all the Physical complications yet from these drugs. Unquestioning affirmation cannot be considered back best practice. It is not best practice, no matter what our Canadian government, our medical associations and psychological associations are declaring in Canada. I have some good news and this is, uh, this is welcome news over the last uh, three to four years. Uh, Finland first, uh, rejected routine gender affirmation for children, for minors with uh, gender dysphoria. So they are saying, no, we're not going to routinely affirm these children when they come into our office and, and say that they are born in the wrong body or whatever. We're not going to go along with that. We're going to start doing some other, other care for these children. I'll talk about that in a minute. Australia 2021, our results suggest the need to address, here we are, biopsychosocial trauma informed model. This is welcome news because I've always, as a trauma therapist and understanding how trauma influences mental health at every level, that this to me has always been a real hot button for me. Why are these children not being uh, given trauma therapy? And so look at what they're suggesting now, biopsychosocial. So every level, but the biology stuff, the psychological level, the social contagion, they're going to deal with the whole thing and um, care for the whole child presenting with gender dysphoria. So that's really good news. France in 2022 has said that there is no genetic predisposition that's been found. Good for them. This is the uh, Medical Association. And so, no, I'm sorry, that's the Psychological Association in France. I think maybe the Medical Association is uh, coming alongside. There's no genetic uh, predisposition, which we knew. But even when you know it, unless you can actually come out and say it, it doesn't carry much weight. Transition interventions, um, great Medical caution must be taken in the vulnerability and the many undesirable effects of medical intervention. So this is France. And, of course, many of us have followed DeSantis in Florida, and good for him. Some of my friends um, actually did uh, scientific reports that actually helped with the legislation in Florida. Really, really happy to see this, that, uh, gender, social, social gender transition should not be a treatment op- option. That means that teachers in the schools cannot socially transition children. This is a big win. I don't think we understand how big this is. That means that children that want to just decide to be called <clears throat> another name cannot just do that automatically anymore. Teachers can't do it. And they cannot uh, tell the child to go into a closet and change into, you know, uh, boys' clothes or girls' clothes or whatever. They cannot socially transition children or adolescents. So this is a big win for us. Um, children under 18, uh should not be prescribed puberty blockers or hormone therapy. Now, there may be the outlier, a child who, you know, a 16-17 year old that that um is greatly gender dysphoric. Now, I still think they need um they still need the biopsychosocial and trauma informed care but they also may need um, medical intervention. And I would say probably many of them need to be on antidepressants or um, anti-anxiety meds uh, because there's so much else going on. So gender reassignment surgery should not be a treatment option for children or adolescents. Isn't that good news? I wish Canada was there. Anyways, 2023, this is really recent. Denmark has joined the European Gender Affirming Care Backpedalers, uh, as my friend Dr. Andre van Mol calls them and uh so this is it's it's moving across uh the Netherlands interesting uh with their newly elected official there too so this is good news and then this is what i believe is the cry of many transgender adults now that they are saying i want my sex back these detransitioners are are just um pretty upset, and I believe and I I hope it comes to pass that there will be a multitude of lawsuits against medical practitioners, psychologists, um, you know, people like Dr. Wong in um, Vancouver. What he has done is harm children, not help children, and he needs to be accountable for what he's done and others as well instead of standing up for truth as they should do. They have caved to a social and political agenda. Thank you for watching. This is the um q r code, and I'm sure Tanya can have that for you available and you'll be able to check the footnotes and references that I've supplied. I'll just um I think I can stop share here okay oh, there we
1: are there we go, so
0: through that, Tanya. <laughs>
2: Wow, and that's just absolutely amazing. I was taking a lot of notes. Um, you know, a lot of information I'm aware of and um but having it put out like oh. the autism spectrum always gets me. I can remember uh. quite some years ago, uh the CBC, it, it it's like they're intentionally focusing on these children as well and it was a couple of young men who had come from the UK and they were doing, uh, they were trans and they were doing some sort of drag show and the CPC was supporting, everybody was celebrating it. And it's one of the most disgusting acts. I think you're, you're dealing with some of the most vulnerable people and, and then with their families as well, already having, you know, their hands full and and then you've got something like this pervasive within the school system. You don't know what child it's going to hit. So that was an amazing uh, presentation. I'm so grateful for it. And just so everybody knows, we are live, I believe, on Facebook and, and Rumble, and we're going to be posting this Empower Hour on our Rumble page. You can find it there. Make sure you join our Rumble page so that you can uh, access that. We'll have it on the website as well. And uh, we ask that you share this information because uh, what Dr. Dr. Anne is doing is incredible. And because of her credentials, this lady knows what she's talking about. She's done the research. She's dealt, you know, with the individual. She understands the harms, uh, as well, the psychological harms of people who would even go down this path. And, and so, Anne, the, your new book, how can, uh, uh Trenzio, can you bring up Dr. Anne's new book so that we could highlight that? I'll give him a minute to do that. And so tell us a little bit about, about your new book, Anne.
0: So all the information and much more that I was just talking about is found in Ultimate Deception, the, um, truth of gender affirming care. So I really wanted to get a book out there to get in parents' hands. It's not a lot, like it's not a thick book. Um, It does have some medical terminology in it, but I think it's very readable and it's very important for parents and for grandparents to have so that they can go to their school boards and say, look, here's what the reality is. And here's what we we do not want our children being taught gender ideology. It is harmful to them. So that's where, you know, I'm at with that. I hope. Over the next uh, few months, to write another one another book for parents how to how to really talk to their children uh nonconforming child um about what's going on and how to speak the truth you know in a good way i mean these children are highly almost radicalized unfortunately through social media, so it's very very difficult they they their brains are becoming so entrenched. Um, through the school and education system, and they're very angry at anyone that would dare to suggest that they might be wrong. You know, it's really tough for parents.
2: Well, uh it, it is. And I know that when you had come back in the summer, I believe I got a couple of your books here, actually, Implosion. And uh, you left me that little note inside St. Tanya exposed the darkness. <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, I cherish that because that's exactly this is darkness. And we're shedding light on it. And when you were here on the show several months ago, you were talking at that time uh, about writing a book to help parents navigate through this. But just some thoughts like I know that there's a mom who has put um, a a note in the chat stating that her daughter has come home and is now using a new name, uh, you know, a, a boy's name, and and so she's looking for a good therapist. Uh, One thing I want to caution people on, I know there was a mom with an eight-year-old boy in Ontario and he came home and was wanting to put eyeliner on. He says, mom, you know, I'm a girl and she's like horrified because she knew none of this was going on and said, where did you hear that? And he said, well, I learned it at school. And so she says, oh, I got to get in touch with the school counselor. And inside I'm going, you know, no, don't. Don't get in touch with the school counselor. Don't bring any attention to this. Pull your kid out of school as fast as you can. I don't care what they, age they are. Get your child out of school. And, and then as well, um, with the passing of Bill C-4, uh, the conversion therapy ban, it's a complete joke. Uh, because it's supposed to be against medical mutilation of people and what are they doing but mutilating children. It's to prohibit any parent from bringing their child to go to a therapist, a pastor... Someone like Anne and, uh, and get assistance, get to the bottom of why your child is now identifying as the opposite sex, which is the majority social media, but especially through school and the indoctrination. So what would you say if you could, um, you know, what would you say to this mom right now whose daughter's coming home? I believe she was 14 and saying, I'm, I no longer identify. You know, she's right at the beginnings of this.
0: She's well. Thankfully, she's 14. I want to say this is a good thing. She's come through part of puberty, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, for that mom, I mean, it's such a shock for these parents, and to first of all acknowledge that shock and to understand that that's it's okay to feel that, um, but then to be able to say to to ask some questions. So what, you know, what what makes you think that you might be a boy? What makes you think that? And, and get them talking. Let them talk. You want to find as much information as possible. And you are so right, Tanya. Don't take them to a secular counselor. And you can't find Christian counselors now who will actually deal with this by and large. But if you can find a Christian trauma therapist that Probably is the best. And you don't have to start talking to the child about sexuality. A therapist shouldn't start there anyways. I mean, I children didn't come into my office and i beeline for their sexuality. I want to find out about them. We want to find out about the family, what's going on at school, things that are happening. And these children, I talked to a 17-year-old uh, on Sunday, um, lovely young man, and he just said he walks into school, every day and it's just like bombarded is just so sick of it. It's just bombardment with LGBTQ uh, flags and all this stuff they have to do. And they're sick of it. A lot of these children are getting really tired of it. And that's, a, that's a good thing here. What you said about taking the child out of school, I know that this is a hard thing for parents to hear, but if your child is coming home, this 14-year-old is coming home, this is the time for action. Take the child out of school and um get that child. There's a couple other things. Uh So not only is the school the teachers, but the peer, the peer group the child is in. You know, I used to say to my children, show me your friends. I'll show you who you are. You know, because friends have tremendous influence and more and more so because often both parents are working. And so children are guiding children in our society. You know, peer influence, peer attachment is very strong. So watch, listen, get involved and and be very, very selective. Help that child. And it's really hard to do this because they're probably used to picking their own friends. Which at fourteen you can understand that these are my friends, but um, you may t- need to withdraw them. Uh, here's what I would say: if it was summertime, I would say take them on a two-month holiday, take the summer, and take them out of school, away from their friends. Uh, what we've seen often is when these children are transitioning and they come out of school for the summertime, they go. They by the time they're ready to go back to school, they're past it, but. Mm-hmm it's it's a lot of stuff and i know it's a lot of work and expense to put them into a private school or a homeschool um but you're looking i want you to think life of your child because can you really gamble with the life of your child because that's what's happening now your child's future is at a crossroads and if they go down this route they will they'll damage their body they'll damage their mind their spirit Um, And they may very well be very angry with you as a parent when they're in their 20s, because you went along with this. So it's a very hard thing because it means saying no to a child. So be very careful, but, you know, spend some time finding out what's going on.
2: Right. Thank you, Anne. And, uh, you know, I know the Kelowna School District is um, the the superintendent in the school board, uh, not all the trustees. They've got some good trustees there, but they're heavy and hot into pushing this propaganda in the school. I've spoken to teachers at the school. We've also had contact with uh, the actual counselors who see the damages that is happening to kids. And so that's why I really appreciate what you're saying, that uh, basically it's a 911 call for your child's life and there was the uh fort langley art school here about about a 20 or half uh, hour drive away from me and there was a mom she's a lawyer and she had a 12 year old daughter going to the school as well as a 15 year old daughter and she had an activist uh teacher for the 12 year old she had no idea about this but for four months they were secretly transitioning not only her but five other girls in the classroom it was the cool thing to do so she had uh changed her name and all of this was going back so they're not going to relent and you know if your child gets into uh this group and i really really encourage people again please watch the uh presentation i did about 3 weeks or a month ago on the soji 123 toolkit uh soji 123 it's called WinSexEd ed in ontario uh it's um Called uh, Sorry, I was just trying beyond the basics, I believe in, in Nova Scotia, but it's all the comprehensive sexuality education from the UN. And it's literally to sexualize children at the earliest age possible. But when you listen to my report, because a whistleblower had given me this uh, teacher's toolkit, and you can see them incrementally indoctrinating the child from kindergarten repeatedly saying the same thing pushing the gender ideology pushing the pronouns and then what they're doing at a young age is they're also creating these this allyship in kindergarten grade one grade two with the children so that they support one another and then they start to interfere with the parental role so that by the time they get to grade four and five and 14 years old, they've got this allyship, they've got this uh, special group that they're involved in that when the parents now turn around and say, I'm not going to support you, they've already indoctrinated them by saying, this is literally in it, in the toolkit, what if your friend's parents didn't support how they feel on the inside that's different than the outside? So that's why it's critical at this age of 14, you know, that this, this has already all been conditioned and done within the school systems. So it's, it's, it's concerning.
0: It's, it's, yes, it's so, so concerning because it really is all about the deconstruction of family, um, and annihilation, uh, you know, of children really and uh, seeing what's happening. It's just, it's on steroids. And it's been a long time. You know, uh, in the seventies in After the Ball, the book uh by Marshall Kurt uh and like something Cameron, it's not, his last name's Cameron, I can't think right now. But you know, it's on the um homosexual agenda, basically, you know, it's their strategy and and one of the things they say is when you repeat the same thing, often enough people will believe you. And so mm-hmm. that's where the board that way, You know, it came from, right? You, you know, right. Repeat, it, repeat it, repeat it. Well, that was for the homosexuals born that way, you know, and now we're at the transgender. We're born that way. We've heard this for how long? Okay, so now they're born that way. The now thing that's happening, and I was just mentioning this behind uh, well, before we started, was the same thing is happening with pedophilia born that way you know, so that it will be the next thing decriminalized and it will be an acceptable orientation just as we are looking at other things. So there's a whole trajectory that you know, we've been talking, I've been talking about for years and people are finally listening. It's a horrible, it's horrible Um, and people can't hardly believe that we're in a culture that is this deviant, but we are and we been, and it's time to wake up and it's time to um, protect our children. That's what parents are supposed to be doing.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, I always have said when you repeat a, a lie often enough, it becomes other people's truths. And that's what we're living in, right? And that's why I've said in the weekly update, if uh, people watching the Empower Hour didn't see it, please go to the description and watch the weekly update. But it's a matter that we have to be purveyors of truth and uh there are absolutes and this is uh, absolutely false information that they're giving our kids the actual definition of indoctrination is, i've got it right here it says the process of repeating an idea or belief to someone until they accept it without criticism or question i mean just <clears throat> just think about that this is what they're doing to our kids in kindergarten and grade one they're getting to them to accept this never mind their reading or writing skills Never mind their math skills, because they're failing miserably in Canada. This social justice has been become the uh, central objective. And I look at it that these are adult proclivities. These are adult sexual proclivities uh, that people have gotten into positions of authority that they're pushing on our children. And even adults with unresolved childhood issues that they're making the business of everybody. And, and, you know, I, you know, I can feel bad for those who have unresolved childhood issues, but you got to back off and you got to get out of the school system.
0: Well, you need to get the help. You need to get the other thing that you're looking at. This is a cult. This is the That's exactly. is, is cult. So we have in our public education and I, I know there's good teachers. So I know, you know, there'll be people that go, well, you are just against public education. Well, right mm-hmm. now I, I, I'm against the system. You know, and those in control of the system, which comes from UNESCO, but then, you know, through our education ministers all the way down and trickled right down even to some teachers who are very, very much pushing this and, and they're pushing children into a cult, you know, and they're harming them. Oh, do you yeah. want, you want your child to drink the Kool-Aid like Jamestown? Well, guess what? They are. There, and that's uh, that's exactly what's happening. So this is a 911 call that uh, your children must uh, get out and I know I know that there'll be lots of questions about that, but there are some really good educational initiatives happening um, and they're coming right across the country so uh, hopefully um, that will happen pretty quickly. You know uh, here's a, a stat I read recently is that um, in Ontario, Homeschooling is up 52%. Isn't that exciting? So parents are doing it and you know, you don't have to do it alone. You know, join with other parents, find a teacher. There's be proactive and, and get together with other like-minded people because we're seeing communities start to help one another and that's what we need to do.
2: Yeah, absolutely, Anne. And, um, you know, for those teachers, like you're saying, there's very good teachers in the education system who are choosing, they're sacrificially choosing to stay in the education system to protect children. And if you're one of those teachers, our uh, notice of liability, it has a, a, a sort of a disclaimer at the top of it for you. And uh, have somebody serve you a notice of liability because it is a shield of protection for you. You can go to your principal. Uh, if you're a principal. Go to your school district and say, I am not going to risk personal liability. There is uh, definitely measurable harm happening to children. I've been served a notice of liability and I'm not going to have any part of this. And so we're trying to offer protection, you know, to teachers, principals, etc., people who are in the education system uh, to encourage them to hang in there, stay at it, and, uh, you know, that we would come there as, as sort of a shield for them and help them out. Uh, there's a few uh, questions that have been posted here and i'll just kind of ask you we'll try to fire a few of these off we're at the top of the hour um so the first one let's see how do you deal with a female who says she is a man in a woman's body but she wants surgery that still leaves her the ability to bear a child isn't this contradictory and why are surgeons accommodating this
0: absolutely com- uh, contradictory this is the lunacy of it you know mm-hmm. uh, and uh, do you deal with this person? I mean, I don't know on what level is this a fellow employee or someone a neighbor i I mean you're not going to change their mind um I mean the reality is if it was a male, you know the whole bathroom thing you know <laughs> there are limits you're not coming in with our girls for the for a female I mean here we have and it's it's so sad, and I've seen uh I remember years ago seeing a, uh, picture of a male, definitely man, hairy body, but breasts. Uh, so sorry, I did that just opposite. See, it was wrong. Female. I, the female that was transitioning, so had a hairy body. She was on hormones, had had a baby and is nurse, nursing, but yes. she's a beard. And it yes. just, it broke my heart because this baby I mean from the get go is like how do they know anything of normalcy of of male and female, and that's the purpose right confusion, the spirit of oh, confusion. Of This is the, this is why to me it's very demonic in that sense because God is not the spirit of, he's the spirit of truth, but the enemy brings the spirit of confusion and that's what we have in our world.
2: Well, and and the enemy hates creation as I was saying I mean we've got we're going through you know this death culture right now between all this unlimited euthanasia and there was this uh link today saying that um what do you call it uh, uh the euthanasia is high but the selling of body parts is uh absolutely off the charts and uh Canada is proudly on the front line of that throughout the whole world and uh I as you were talking I was thinking about it there's a guy named Morgan OJ and And he he's a biological man, and he was with the NDP party, and uh, he is this huge advocate against parental rights. And I remember this image, and maybe it's the same one you saw. And he's sitting on a sofa next to this very unfortunate girl who has a beard, nursing, you know, an infant. And I was just sick to my stomach because, as you say, you know that that child may be in their thirties or forties until they actually get a clue after being indoctrinated in this delusional environment. And I would even say, you know, as far as this question is concerned, is that this person is dealing—they're dealing with mental illness—and and whether it's manufactured mental illness, that's what they're doing in the schools and on social me- media. They're manufacturing these delusions and mental illness. And uh, yeah, I was thinking about the Jim Jones and and the cult. Uh, comment that you had made and that's what we're dealing with with these kids because of this incremental indoctrination. And so it is seriously a 911 call to get kids out of the education system. Uh, Parents, if you're working five days a week because the government, you know, has caused us to uh, go into uh, financial distress in this nation, then maybe uh, one parent at a time can take a day off and take everybody else's kids and you use your gifts and talents. You may be somebody who knows how to cook and bake and, you know, you can uh, teach the, the kids how to do that. A dad can do the oil changes, a mom can teach some academics, math math, English, you can do more even as a parent in two hours in a day than than your child will will learn in six or seven hours at school. So just be encouraged. You can do this. And um, if you're part of an Action for Canada chapter, you have a community helping you out.
0: (laughs) And that's why you need other parents so that you have, if you have many parents over the trustworthy parents, um, and you know, that are willing to help. Um, so that take one day a week with a group of children or you know you should really have two two parents yeah. two people all um but um and do somebody that loves to do math do math with these children and uh, you know use your gifts and and work it out work it out any way you can is basically what i would say mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and get involved in a church because the churches are waking up and there's more and more pastors who are getting involved in opening their doors. Okay, and grandparents. And And grandparents. grandparents. You you know,
0: there are some grandparents that are willing to help out and that is a real plus for these children in many
2: Yeah, I know Alex Newman had said, you know, it's time for grandparents to sell their RRSPs and help parents do whatever they can to be home and have their children home. Because that was the communist uh, manifesto, right, was to make sure that both parents were forced in a position of working and so that the children could become wards of the state and uh they're doing that but we're fighting back and and we're gaining back control okay uh can oh can um the powerpoint that you had i know that you had sent that to me and is that okay that we make that available on the website with your
1: information uh,
0: yeah i don't i don't want people um you know reproducing, reproducing. it but if right. you uh the research there yeah that's okay. fine
2: well, you know what? You and I will discuss that after, uh, because the research is going to be in the video as well with your presentation. Cause I understand that's, uh, you know, that's key information to your own presentation. And if it's a matter of finding some of those facts, people can research it on the Empower Hour. Is that good? Well,
0: and they, and they can, uh, they can order my book as well and they can also yes. get it in English, So there's different avenues to have it and it's more complete information in the book. So mm-hmm. that was just okay. a.
2: I oh, would please. really encourage people to, uh, get Anne's book and support Anne's work. Anne is doing all of this, you know, for the nation and, uh, this is not a full-time paid job. <laughs> so I want to support. Right? I know. I'm feeling you, Anne. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Question. What role, if any, do endocrine disruptors like atrazine, play in human gender dysphoria, or even homosexuality? I heard about these disruptors being in food, water, or even our air, and they've been around for a long time. Can they be playing a role in the increase of identifying as trans?
0: That's. I think that's a really good question. I don't think I'm qualified to answer that. Um, I wouldn't – I I would be suspicious of some of those things, but um, Mm – I think there's some feminizing um, things that are happening that have been introduced, but I don't know about the trends and I, I just don't want to um, say something that really I I'm not qualified to answer.
2: No. And I would say the majority of it. I mean, when you look at my report with the Soji toolkit, I mean, it's undeniable right? And then you look at, uh, get your kids off Instagram, get them off TikTok, get them off the social media, Uh Instagram. They actually have paid actors on there to indoctrinate your children, to pull them into their cult. They make it all look very appealing. Like I said, this is not like, uh what was it back in the day, uh, you know, when kids were emo and had black nails and, you know, maybe a few extra piercings that may or may not grow in. But I mean, this is permanent damage. This is not some fad that's going to uh, pass. And as Anne was exposing, this is going to severely increase uh, the suicide ideation uh, in children. Uh, okay, are there, that's a good question that just came up here too. Um, oh, sorry, Anne, did you want to comment on that before I asked let's,
0: that question? i was just going to say something about cell phones too. And I mean, that this is yes. very difficult, but um, please, parents, you need to take, get the, first, if you cannot give, Children's cell phones to start with, that's the best. Keep them away from your children as long as possible. And the other thing, it's not just about this trans, although that's what we're focusing on, but pornography and the changing up the brain and how children are being so radicalized in this whole area of pornography. And it all goes hand in hand, right? So anyways, so that's just another whole thing, but well, monitor. You
2: You brought up a good thing with the cell phones. I am anti-cell phone for children. I don't think they should have them. My kids didn't have them until they were like 18 when they had their jobs and could pay for it themselves. I know that may sound like child abuse. But you know what? I'll I'll be labeled with that if it means, you know, my kids they just, you know, they're on the cell phones at a date when I think that they could handle it even then. Uh it sort of disgusts me, you know, when you take a look around and everybody's heads are down, you know, doing this. And then uh John Euler had said we've got one of our videos a part one and two, and one is almost to one point two million views on Rumble. Awesome. I'm I'm I know. Uh, he he does sexual predatory um analysis so that um you know churches can have him on but we we had him on and he said exactly what Anne said he 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 profiles sexual predators all right why call her sexual predators he works with them um, you know in in the system um and so he had made the comment that if you didn't have pornography you would not have the lgbtq uh you know uh, and the trans ideologies uh, it really damages the mind and yes. that's what these deviants want to do they actually enjoy seeing people's lives ripped apart and and so guard your heart, children's hearts and minds. Uh, limit them. You may not be popular, but you're not there to be their friend. You're be there to be their mom and dad. And and with that in mind, I liked what I saw the other day. It was this shield of uh, you know fire coming. This little girl was picking a flower, and a dad with his big shield up there. Right. That's what we're called to, especially in this day and age. We're in a war.
1: <laughs> That's All right. right.
2: All right. So, are there resources to show teenagers? Uh, you know, to enlighten them.
0: Hmm. Um, there are there are some out there. Um, I don't have those at my fingertips, but there are a few. And you know, there's that's that is one area that we we definitely need some more work in um, mm-hmm. because we're trying to enlighten parents. And yeah, we need to be helping teens too. You know, my book Whatever Happened to Emily for young teens. Um, actually, it it is a very accurate uh, story of um, two children, but it's it's psychologically um, accurate in the whole idea of transitioning, and it kind of follows one one girl that um, begins to transition. Through some circumstances in life and and I think even if if uh, young teens can understand that there is a different trajectory than then, then affirm, affirmation it will help them because if you don't affirm them, they will not continue down that road it's very unlikely to. Continue.
2: Right, eighty-five percent and over. Uh, so one of the other things, uh, if people who are viewing this maybe for the first time, is Action for Canada. About a year and a half ago, um, I'm very much about giving our youth a voice and to helping to educate them as well. And uh, you know, they could they're they're they're, they're our future. And the enemy knows uh, Marxist ideology is that you get the hearts and minds of our children and you basically own the future. And so you can see them uh, marching these little Marxist soldier, soldiers out of the school system, out of the education system, all about climate change, all the social justice, critical race theory. And if if that's where they're going to spend their time, well, we better spend the time countering their lies, their misinformation and this attack against our children. And so we've had a speaker and leadership programs. Programs for for youth. We've got videos on our website, and we talk about the Constitution and the Charter and the social issues. There are ready, uh, even homeschooled kids, you know, it's out there, they're learning about it, and so we better be able to have these conversations. And then this fall, we took a bit of a turn, and we had Phil Lease and his team come on and talk about uh, uh sexuality, healthy sexuality, biblical sexuality. We even talked about abstinence again, Anne. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, I know, right? Oh my goodness.
0: Wouldn't um, that be a fresh new thought to have for our children? I mean, really? Oh. Well,
2: well, there's even statistics coming in, uh, based on what Planned Parenthood and these sickos are teaching our kids in the school. Statistics are coming in that teaching abstinence is absolutely the best thing for kids. They literally cannot handle, uh, mentally, psychologically, physically, the sexualization indoctrination in the school systems right now there's actual statistics showing this
0: well and early sexualization i remember i did a a workshop in florida i think many years ago on the early the effects of early sexualization of children and it's horrendous you know because it affects their entire life and so you have all of those things happening and it's this it's just this um, storm <laughs> it's really like a hurricane in a child's life but the other thing about that teaching children um abstinence i mean right now prior to 2020 we were almost eradicating syphilis and gonorrhea and i know this isn't what we're talking about tonight so but um and then um Governments drew back their their programs on safe sites and not a safe uh, sites for uh, for drug use, but um, for testing for syphilis and gonorrhea. And now it's just skyrocketing up again. Well, they enc-
2: encourage it to hide it from your partner, and you know that there's no legal uh, you know obligation for you to do this. And it's it's like a, a, a sexual revolution on steroids. What we're going through yeah. uh, well, right I'm now, it's gone them. from bad to worse and 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 really throughout history even throughout biblical history when a country turned their back on God to the degree that they did it had to get bad to the point where you could no longer you know just go along to get along it's it's quite cowardly you know what's what's happened in this nation by people not finding the backbone to speak out and I'm not meaning to insult people right now but you know what we we have a duty and an obligation to speak out and speak loudly against these lies uh, there's no middle ground and we got to get back to what God had intended. And that was for, you know, uh, sex in the bounds of uh, marriage. And it made for the best, healthiest relationships, and our kids benefit the bo- most. Uh, marriages were stronger; they they lasted. Our communities financially were stronger. There's so many good reasons, right? To uh, you know, to pursue godliness again in our nation, it's it's going to be the new in thing. <laughs> that's where that's where well, we're, we're going. That's well, got to yes, be.
0: We uh, we need a, a revolution of of righteousness.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Anne, you know what? I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I know, I think we could probably spend another half hour, or an hour, uh, going back on further questions. But again, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. I really encourage people to follow Anne on the Empower Hour page that, uh, I created for Anne. It has a list of all her books or information, her website, and, um, how you can, um, even be in contact, uh, with Anne. So Anne, we encourage you to continue in the great work when you do write this book on how to uh, assist parents and guide us further through these difficult times. I want to have you back on the show right away and uh, promote that.
0: Okay, look for it. Uh, you know, kind of in the spring. I'm hoping to get some downtime to kind of <laughs> calibrate so i may it may be the spring before you see it, but yeah right our uh,
2: you need a rest. We need you to keep going <laughs> okay. thank you so much, and God bless you, Anne.
0: Bye-bye.
2: Bye. Wow. Whoo. That's amazing. Well, I'm going to encourage everybody when you watch this empower hour, please give it a thumbs up, like it and share it. Uh, it's up to you to help us get this information out because the mainstream media isn't going to be reporting on what you heard today. Use this information, uh, you know, become, uh, associated with a a school board trustee and, uh, you know, start supporting them with facts. A lot of people have been brainwashed into thinking that they were doing a kindness by doing this gender affirming care, uh, they genuinely in their hearts uh, believe that they were doing the right thing. And uh, for many of them, as we're seeing them uh, become aware, uh, they're actually waking up and they're taking the time to have conversations. And so hopefully you will be one of the individuals that will turn things around in your community. So use our resources, use yet information, buy a book, give it to somebody, pass it on, read it, underline it and pass it on. <laughs> I like doing that because uh, I under always underline good stuff. Um, all right. Thank you so much. Like I say, remember to give it a thumbs up, join our rumble page and share the information. Uh, okay. I don't know who's going to be our guest next week. So that's going to be a surprise. I've had a few things uh, percolate here and unfortunately one of my very special guests who I was going to have on had a conversation with him yesterday and uh, he's just such an amazing man. He's been doing so much uh, he's in the United States and for the world in bringing awareness to Islam and unfortunately he's had some very serious um, health issues and so won't be able to do the presentation but I'm going to be sharing some of his information. We are going to continue on this mass immigration and bringing awareness to the threat of Islam in Canada and Western nations. Uh, we no longer want knee-jerk reactions uh, we no longer want you thinking about how you've been groomed and indoctrinated by the government to accept anything and everything in our country we need you to rise up in opposition and I've always said knowledge is power and when you have it you got to share it and you got to use it all right I have two uh, verses to close off with today and the first one is from Revelation twenty two fourteen uh, to 15, blessed are they that do his commandments that they might, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without our dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. And I just was thinking as I've talked a lot tonight and in the uh, weekly update about uh, a lying tongue, right? It deceives, it brings down, it tear downs, it destroys societies, it destroys relationships. And so God is very clear on this in Revelations that this is not going to bode well, and I'd rather be on the, uh, on the side of God. So choose this day whom you're going to serve. Are you aware in revelations that when it talks about end times and in the end days, that it says that cowards are going to be one of the first ones fast track to hell. And you can understand why, right? That a cowardly spirit, somebody who was not willing to, to stand up and, and put everything out there in order to save someone else or protect our children. So don't be a coward. All right. Courage is Contagious and Action for Canada. We have over 110 chapters across Canada, and all of our leadership are ready to take a stand. They're they're courageous and they're doing that for you, for every single citizen in this nation. All right, and the closing verse is: This is a, a major warning, but I thank and praise the Lord for it because we would like to see all these evildoers turn from their wicked ways. But if not, God gives them this warning in Matthew 18:6. But if anyone causes is one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. That's a very serious warning. God does not take well for people harming children and uh, the wrath of God will come and uh, things are going to be set straight. And in the meantime, you know what? Christians are, are told to occupy And uh, we're going to do that. We're going to create safety for our borders and safety for our children. And we just encourage you all to uh, join us uh, in this incredible time in in history. And uh, we just thank you so much for your support and for joining us. And again, I encourage you, share our information, share our, our Rumble video, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless Canada.